since you butchered my credentials. Yeah, I'm going to smooth that out too. Yeah. Love you. Love you. Welcome, everybody, to the Inner Circle Podcast Network presentation of The Slimmer Circle. What's good, everybody? My name is Jason Almy. I'm joined by my wife, Christina Almy. Hey, everyone. Hey. She's a registered dietitian nutritionist. She's board certified and licensed to practice medical nutrition therapy, which means she's smarter than all of us, at least when it comes to nutrition. I'm a certified strength and conditioning specialist and a master's student in nutrition science at the University of New Hampshire. I say all that to say that we are credible with the topics that we are going to discuss. I also want to mention uh, that this show is brought to you by Almy Be Well, a private nutrition and dietetics practice with several specialties, including weight loss, uh, diabetes management, pre- and post-op bariatric surgery, uh, amongst a few other things. Uh, the internet has a lot of nutrition information. There's a lot of so-called experts out there. Uh, there's a lot of articles on, on HuffPo. There's, there, there's just a lot of crap out there that you got to sift through. But if you've got a legitimate medical condition something like Crohn's or diabetes, if you've got heart disease, if you use prescription medications, uh, the wrong advice could be a waste of time or worse, it, it could actually hurt you. So uh, consulting a licensed professional is the best way to make sure that you're receiving health advice and nutrition education that's evidence-based. It's based on studies. It's based on research. Uh, it's accepted by the medical community. So go to almybewell.com or email Christina, that's Christina with a C-H, Christina at almybewell.com to learn more. Today, we have a topic that is both near and dear to our hearts, but also very, very relevant to everyone out there who is trying to lose weight, trying to look better, trying to feel better, trying to improve their health. And that is... And I'm just going to say, if you're an adult, likely this is a relevant topic, but how alcohol affects weight loss or impedes it. How it impedes weight loss. Spoiler alert. Jump right in. Jump right in. We want to talk about, there's a lot of folks out there who drink. We're not judging you, not much at least, We're judging you a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. But if you if you are a drinker, and there are many, many drinkers out there, losing weight can be kind of a difficult thing, wouldn't you mm -hmm. say, hon? I would say. Yeah. I would say as well. I think we agree. So to be clear, if you drink, it's very hard to lose weight. Uh, it can make losing weight a little tougher. It can, it can. And it can do so on multiple levels too. And I think there's one thing that comes up is like the quantity. You know, I think there's a difference between somebody who maybe has a glass of wine once a month and somebody who is having a drink every day to somebody who's going out and binging, um, having a, you know, a bender on the weekend mm -hmm. to having a lot of alcohol every night. You know, so there's a continuum there. But, um, you know, the impact of even just one drink within that window can certainly impact you, but it's obviously going to impact you less than if versus someone who's drinking daily. So the analogy that pops into my mind is something like a cheeseburger. Like um, if you eat fast food cheeseburgers every day for lunch, that's not going to make it any easier for you to lose weight. But if you have a cheeseburger once a month and you're otherwise eating pretty healthfully, yeah. you can kind of create that balance that allows you to be 
lean and trim and fit and healthy, but still enjoy a burger from time to time. Yeah, I think that's a good analogy. Okay. So it's like anything else you put in your mouth. Moderation. Alcohol has calories. Mm-hmm. It does. How many calories are in alcohol? Um, well, I think if you're looking at just the straight alcohol, it's seven calories per gram. Seven calories per gram. So protein, four calories per gram. Carbohydrate, four calories per gram. Fat, nine calories per gram. That positions alcohol between fat and carbs and protein as as being caloric. Uh, alcohol, any amount of alcohol that you consume, regardless of what you mix it with, there are calories in that beverage. And then, and that's just the straight alcohol yes. too. That's not looking at the sugar that's put into it or whatever is mixed with the alcohol. Because I think sometimes that can be a little um, intangible. Like, okay, the alcohol in this whiskey, the grams of alcohol, but so there's more, you know, like I think an ounce of whiskey is like what, 110 calories, just an ounce. Yeah. So that's also the sugar and the barley and whatever else they put in there. Yeah. Yeah. So there are other, like the grains that get used in the mash, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And all of these things are providing you calories in this beverage. Mm -hmm. So like you said, an ounce of distilled spirits is typically right around the 110 uh, calorie range. And uh, of course, if you take several shots over the course of a night, you got a heavy pour. I mean, it's mm-hmm. not inconceivable. Or if you drink several beers. So mm-hmm. your average light beer is right around 100 calories, like your mm-hmm. Miller Lights, your Bud Lights are usually right around 100. You might find like the Mick Ultra that's a little lower. Mm-hmm. But as you start getting up into more like... Um, the heavy beers. The, the craft heavy and beers. craft beers. 200 calories is not for out one of beer. for one single beer. Or those really sweet liqueurs or oh like um, Fireball. Fireball, yeah. caramel, um, not caramel, but just some of those salty caramels or whatever. They, yeah. They're more sweet. They have more sugar. Yes. So I think the first thing to consider with alcohol is that it's delivering calories to you. And as we've discussed before on the show, each individual has a caloric mm-hmm. daily need, and if you exceed your daily need for calories, that equals weight gain. Uh, weight gain, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's a real simple formula that if you consume more than you're spending, and alcohol makes that easy. How three beers, three craft beers is seven hundred calories. I mean, that's a meal. Yep. So and you go for a walk. Let's just say you walk a mile. It's about a hundred calories. There's a shot. Yeah, there you go. So have fun walking that off, stumbling that off. Another thing that I want to mention about the caloric value of alcohol is that unlike other foods that have calories in them, if you eat a bowl of oatmeal, of course, there are calories in the oatmeal. Unlike the oatmeal, alcohol has no nutritional value. Yeah, just calorie dense. We in the nutrition industry, and you'll oftentimes hear this, we describe them as empty calories, meaning they're caloric. They are fattening, but they don't provide you with a value. Like if you were to eat the oatmeal or if you were to eat a chicken breast, you're getting protein, you're getting B vitamins, but with alcohol, you're not getting any any benefit, correct? Mm-hmm. And we'll get into this in a little bit, but it actually leaves you in a more depleted state than yeah. when you started. Yeah. I mean, there's not a lot of things that you consume that leaves you worse off nutritionally than before you had it. Yeah. So- Let's actually get into that a little bit now with the alcohol metabolism. Um, 
I feel like we've talked about the the calories pretty. We've covered the calories pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you guys know you have to do a little bit of of finagling to make sure you don't go over your calories. But um, in addition to just the caloric impact that having a beer adds two hundred calories to your your day's intake, there are some other biochemical situations that occur when you consume alcohol. Your body has to respond to that. Mm-hmm. Um, you've mentioned many times, and it's true, that alcohol is a toxin. Mm-hmm. Your body deals with it as such. Mm-hmm. Do you want to um, mention maybe why alcohol is a... Um, yeah. So as soon as you consume the alcohol, your body immediately wants to detoxify it. Mm-hmm. And it has specific metabolic pathways or there's specific processes in our body to to get rid of it, to, um, to process yeah. it. And so what happens is your metabolism shifts to just focusing on getting rid of the alcohol. Mm-hmm. And so basically everything else like shuts down. You're not putting out glucose in your system. You're not metabolizing protein. You just store things as fat. So you go, you turn to, let's just metabolize alcohol. Everything else can be basically saved for later. Mm-hmm. And the body just deals with that alcohol and it and it's depleting. So one of the nutrients that our body uses is is your B vitamins, niacin. Niacin, yeah. Hmm. Um. I think it's actually interesting that you mentioned the the fats, the carbs, the protein, because the body can actually store each of those nutrients, um, but the body does not store alcohol. So if you intake fats, if you intake proteins, if you intake carbohydrates, those things, the body has a biochemical processes for storing these. Fat is obviously stored in adipose tissue. Glucose is stored as glycogen in the liver and in the muscle tissue. Protein is stored as muscle tissue. You don't really want to dip into that storage, but the idea is that your body does store each of these nutrients, but there's no way for your body to store alcohol. Mm -hmm. So Christina mentioned that the body will metabolize alcohol as priority above everything else, and that's why there's no spot for your body to store the alcohol as such. The alcohol can be converted, however, into fats and be be stored. Um, it can be converted into... And also as the body, it's protection. So as alcohol builds up to higher levels... It's it will harm the body. It's going to harm the you know your central nervous system. It mm-hmm. can result in you know death, seizures, all these kind of things if it gets yeah. high enough. So the body wants to really get rid of it. So yeah. as soon as it senses, it's wanting to deal with it and get rid of it. Yeah. So you kind of put your body almost like in this um, kind of alert, like you, like you got to get rid of this stuff. Yeah, I guess it's sort of like. Um evolutionary response yeah. to that toxin. Yeah. The body can clear a lot of toxins. I mean, yeah. people sell a lot of these like detox. We should do that on an episode. Talk we about this should. detox bullshit. Oh my God. People sell this detox stuff, but that's what your liver yeah. is for. Body's good at it. The body, the body will detoxify many of the toxins that you encounter. Not all of them lead, but I mean, your body will detoxify mm-hmm. you, but, um, but that does come at a price at a to cost. the liver. Yeah. And unfortunately the alcohol will, uh, both chronically and acutely, create some damage, particularly if intake is high or yeah, if it's persistent consistent. enough. Yeah. You mentioned the B vitamin, niacin. That's used in alcohol metabolism. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also used in other um, metabolic processes that alcohol actually interferes with mm-hmm. as such. Mm-hmm. So within our bodies, that that B vitamin, the niacin, is a cofactor in that alcohol metabolism. 
Um, but it's also used for metabolism of other stuff that we want to metabolize, yeah. like carbohydrate and fat. Mm-hmm. So if you really want to be losing weight, you want to be burning this body fat. Mm-hmm. However, when you intake that alcohol, it's going to shunt all of that over preferentially to the alcohol metabolism. Because as my wife determined, or as she told you guys, the um, alcohol metabolism comes first, which means the body's limited supply of this niacin, this cofactor in this metabolic process is going to get used up uh, in its entirely by the alcohol metabolism. And therefore, there will be less, if any, leftover for uh, the metabolism of glucose and fat to then resume. So alcohol not only adds calories to your diet, it will give you calories every day from consumption, but it will also divert important substrates that are utilized in the metabolism that you really want to be happening when you're Mm -hmm. losing fat. Mm -hmm. It's going to divert that away. So also when you're drinking to compound that impact or that effect, you get the munchies. Yeah. And you never crave a salad or an apple or something lower calorie and nutrient dense. You're always craving salty foods, high fat pizza. Yeah, things that you yeah things that you often can um, kind of fend against or you have um, inhibitions against. But with alcohol. You're not. Your inhibitions yeah. go out the window, and it also dehydrates you. So when you get dehydrated, your um, your body might crave salts, and then when you crave salt, when you eat salt, you're going to be um, a, um, trigger your thirst mechanism, mm-hmm. and so it's like this this cycle, vicious cycle. Yeah. yeah. So um, uh, to unpack that a little bit, because you mentioned a few things that are interrelated, of course, but. You know, people tend to drink in the evenings. They tend to drink at night. Like if you're partying, if you're binge drinking, you know, you're out at you're out at night. What's open at one a.m. when it's? I mean, even if you wanted a salad, who's making salad at one a.m.? But Taco Bell is open, so it's easy pizza to get joints. McDonald's. Yeah, it's it's very easy to order pizza. Um, it's it's there. It's convenient. In addition to your inhibitions being lowered, you're like, fuck it, let's go to Taco Bell. Let's go through the drive through. We'll grab a uh, 12 box of tacos and get some Doritos Loco shit, pour cheese on everything, and let's go home and eat that. And then like you mentioned, that stuff is salty as hell. So the added increase of sodium is only going to exacerbate a dehydrated state caused by the uh, excretion of the alcohol. I mean, everybody knows you pee a lot more when you're drinking, right? Mm-hmm. And or um, often the case, you get thirsty, so you drink more alcohol. Or, yeah, I'm kind of thirsty. What washes pizza down well? Let's crack another beer. Yeah, Inhibitions are lowered, so you're more likely to drink a little bit more. Crack that third or fourth beer, right? Now you're talking about 800 calories, 1,000 calories coming from beer alone. That's before you have a single taco. Yeah. So to to kind of back that up and sum it up you're consuming an excess of calories when you have particularly binge drinking because that compounds the you know 200 400 600 800 calories as you continue to drink then you add in some junk food and yeah. i mean what's pizza that's another 800 calories, Mm -hmm. 1,000 calories, depending on how much you have. And then on top of it, your metabolism is storing all of that as all that calorie, all those calories as fat to detox the liquor. That pizza is going straight to your ass because Mm -hmm. your body is busy using all of that um, coenzyme substrate, that niacin uh, B vitamin, 
to uh, remove the alcohol, metabolize the alcohol in your bloodstream so that you don't die. Mm -hmm. So your defensive mechanism is causing all of that pizza to go into storage Mm -hmm. on your your butt, on your man Mm -hmm. boobs. Mm -hmm. Consider that when you look at yourself nude in the mirror, that's pizza getting stored because the alcohol is what's being dealt with. Mm-hmm. On top of that, it can exacerbate your dehydration condition. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned actually something kind of interesting uh, in that. I try. You, you often do mention very interesting things, my love. <laughs> I love having these conversations with you. So um, you mentioned the idea of alcohol kind of limiting. A, you're going to be hungover, right? I mean, hangovers mm-hmm. are pretty common. Um, particularly dehydration exacerbates Mm -hmm. the effect of formaldehyde effect of alcohol um, of hangovers. But then, I mean, you're not going to feel like getting up and going for a jog Saturday morning if you go on a bender Friday night, right? Right, right. Like let's do uh, morning yoga as the sun rises and I was up till three drinking. Yeah. Yeah, That's not exactly happening. And the dehydration is only going to make that worse. You're Mm -hmm. not going to feel like... You're not going to feel like exercising if you're dehydrated. Yeah, because one of the first signs of dehydration is fatigue. Yes. Kind of cloudy-minded. Also with the metabolism piece, throwing into the morning after because your body's busy pumping out or, or detoxing the alcohol, your blood sugars are going to be low. Mm-hmm. So that's going to make you not feel well. You're going to maybe feel a little nauseous, a little yeah. sick. Hypoglycemia is not comfortable. Low energy. Yeah. And also when you're hypoglycemic, you know, what do you do? You reach for something. I mean, people roll out of bed hungover and they don't, again, they don't make a salad. It's hangover food is very similar to the drunk Mm -hmm. food the night before. If there's any pizza left over, you're reheating that. Yeah. Something greasy. Yeah. Fries. I remember in college, um, a good buddy of mine, he was my roommate for four years. His now wife, his then girlfriend she used to swear by it on Sunday morning. She said, I don't want to eat a healthy breakfast. If I've been out drinking, I want some greasy ass French fries from McDonald's. It was a very uncharacteristic eating pattern for her. We actually all ate very, very healthy back then, but she would say, no, fuck it. I'm going to, I got to get my French fries because the grease makes me feel better, but it's not going to help you with weight loss. So if your goal again is to lose weight, that next day eating, that next day hangover, skipping your workout, that's not... Mm-hmm. you're not going to get where you want to be doing that. Yeah, for sure. I also wanted to, to um, mention that alcohol mixed with caffeine can pose a actually kind of unique issue. Um, alcohol tends to be, alcohol is a depressant first. Would you like to mm-hmm. tell us about how alcohol is a depressant, Christina? No. Okay. <laughs> so alcohol <laughs> as a depressant, it slows things down, right? They don't call it a depressant because it makes you depressed. Although I don't think it helps. If you have depression and you're drinking, I don't think that makes you feel better. But it's called a depressant because it depresses the central nervous system in that it slows the heart rate. It makes you tired. Everybody that's had a beer after a hot day in the sun, mowing the lawn or doing yard work or whatever, you drink that beer and you kick your feet up and it's siesta time. Mm -hmm. Um, Relaxes you. It makes your functioning slower. Dilates blood vessels. So uh, the the idea being that because alcohol is a depressant, if you drink enough of it, at some point it will eventually put you down. It's sort of a natural defense mechanism against drinking too much. You eventually get too tired to continue drinking. Hopefully – you don't completely like black out, vomit, and pass out and die like Jimi Hendrix, but 
usually that defense mechanism is intact to prevent you from really like real, real alcohol poisoning. However, people have taken to mixing vodka with Red Bull or doing Jaeger bombs, which is mixed with Red Bull. Um, other like Four loco. It's a hugely popular beverage. It's an alcoholic beverage. It's very high in caffeine. Mm-hmm. Caffeine as a central nervous system stimulant helps to counterbalance the depressing qualities of alcohol so you can continue drinking. So caffeine as a stimulant keeps you up when the alcohol might have otherwise put you down. And unfortunately, consuming large amounts of caffeine with alcohol does increase your risk of alcohol poisoning. And so I particularly want to warn people against consuming alcohol and caffeine together in high quantities because that's that's kind of a recipe for cardiac trouble as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But in addition to alcohol being a depressant, I mean, let's talk about some of the psychological impacts of of drinking. You'd made a note in our notes that I thought was a wicked good one, actually. So when we're trying to make lifestyle changes, it's obviously a very difficult endeavor and it takes a lot of emotional focus, energy. It's hard to establish new habits. So if you throw on top of that a drinking habit Mm. and drinking has the impact of... um, Really, kind of, it it might ha- give you a depressed a- affect the next day, or it might make you feel a little bit low, a little tired, a little. It's gonna decrease your motivation to do anything, which is not what you need mm-hmm. when you're trying to establish a new lifestyle. It takes yeah. a lot of work, and it's basically. Um, I mean, it's like, it's like you carrying, you know, a hundred extra pounds, like on your back, you know, it's just going to work against you when you're trying to do something good for yourself. Yeah. I I feel that. I mean, and I I think this is where we sort of get into the topic of self-medication and using a substance to, um, medicate maybe emotional and psychological things like, um, depression and anxiety and things like that, that are actually, unfortunately, very, very common. So this is the part of the podcast where I, I will say that you know, quitting alcohol isn't easy, um, but for a lot of folks, it's it's like a worthwhile thing to do. So um, yours truly, yeah, for sure. When we started, shit happens when you party naked. We were drinking heavily during that podcast. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think I just say all that to say that um, you know, like, do get help if you feel like you have an alcohol problem. If you if you think you might have an alcohol problem pretend like you do and and just get help because mm-hmm. um i think as we've outlined there are a lot of biochemical processes that are negatively impacted by alcohol consumption and that you know even if you don't have a severe alcohol problem quitting is not a bad thing quitting is not going to hurt you uh quitting is only going to help you i think quitting is is also going to help with your your health goals and your weight loss goals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. it's currently trending. The sober life is actually starting to trend. Yeah. So let's all be cool and stop drinking. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I I didn't intend for the, I mean, I knew this episode was going to sound a lot like um, an anti-drinking after school special, <laughs> but <laughs> it's, it's not my intent. For those of you out there who do drink, uh, please uh, drink moderately. Um, obviously again, I made the analogy with cheeseburgers. You can't eat 
burgers and fries and pizzas every day and expect to be healthy and lean. The same thing goes with alcohol. If you're consuming it in moderation, then okay, that's that's cool. If it's working for you, you're consuming in moderation. That is how much, Christina? What's considered the normal or kind of healthful amount to not go over? For a female, it's no more than one drink a day. If it's a male, no more than two a day. And for females, no more than seven drinks in a week. Males, no more than 14. And you can't save all that up and drink all 14 on Saturday. You cannot. Because I know you cheeky little cunts out there are thinking, I can do that. I'm going to, I'll just save all seven of mine for Friday for whatever. You, You know what? The rule is up to two per day. But you can't if you have fourteen on damn Saturday, uh, you're you're doing it wrong. That's not the way to go. And you already know the math on that. Okay? And that's called a binge. That is called a binge. And even if you're drinking Bud Light or something with a hundred calories in it, fourteen times a hundred, you do the math. Add two zeros to the end of fourteen. That's one thousand four hundred calories before you eat a single bite of food that day. All right. Yeah. So think about the shit before you do it. Um, also, if you do feel like you might have a problem with drinking, there's tons of resources. Um, if you can't find something online, reach out to us. We'll connect you with a damn resource. We'll find you somebody uh, in your area. We'll connect you with resources that we've um, that we kind of endorse and that we use. So uh, you can always get help for for drinking if you feel like it's problematic. Um, otherwise we really just want you guys to keep in mind that drinking is going to impact your metabolism negatively. It adds calories to your intake. And so if you are trying to be healthy and if you do, uh, care about your heart and you care about your liver and you, you want to drop the extra pounds, um, slowing down and or quitting drinking is probably what's indicated. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I always used to quit drinking when it was time to get ready for a bodybuilding contest. When it was time to get lean, I would quit drinking entirely for at least 16 weeks before a bodybuilding contest. 16 weeks, that's four months that I would not have a drop, not one beer, not one sip of one beer. I just didn't need the extra calories. I didn't want the extra calories. And um, I don't know that that's the only reason that I got so lean, but it the shit worked. Um, dropping alcohol was definitely helpful. It's part for, of the picture. Yeah, it's definitely part of the whole the whole package. So not that bodybuilding is necessarily the healthiest thing either for its own reasons, but mm-hmm. um, I think the best thing to do then was was stopping drinking, and that definitely helped with. Yeah, and there's so many things that go into losing weight. It can be so difficult, mm-hmm. and so it's like stack your deck. If, yeah. if, you know, it's one of the things that can be, you know, if you can reduce how much you're drinking, you know, skip days, like, you know, really just decrease, it's going to help what you're trying to do. Indeed. I completely agree with my wife. She's always right. She's right now. Especially when I'm pregnant. She's always right. Yeah. Especially when she's pregnant, never going to argue with her on this. So um, do, if you've got any questions about this topic or any other nutrition related question, please get in touch with us. Our website is Almy Be Well. That's A L M E B Well dot com. You can reach Christina if you have any questions for a registered dietitian nutritionist. You can reach Christina at Christina at com. Christina is spelled with a C H, not a K. We're not those K weirdos. C H Christina at com. Feel free to reach out. Ask us questions about uh, the booze products you drink or anything else that you want to get a, a nutritionist's input on. 
Sounds good. Sounds excellent. If you got any questions for future Slimmer Circle topics, if you want to hear your name shouted out on our program and you want us to answer your questions, you can contact me at jason.alme, A-L-M-E, at teamalme.com. Hit me up with whatever uh, questions you got. This has been the Slimmer Circle presented by the Inner Circle Podcast Network. Want to say what's up to all our partners in the Inner Circle. That's the Hood Diner. That's the Plunge Podcast. That's Hashtag No Offense. That's Simmons and more. That is any pod. We love all y'all guys. Hit us up. Check us out. Comedy is dead. And check out the sports show as well. They're both on this feed. So check out our shows. We do love you for listening. Hit that subscribe button. Subscribe, motherfucker. And we will see you next time on the Summer Circle. Peace. Peace. Mr. Encore Beats.